Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Voices from the Closet, the podcast that delves into the queer identity through the shared experience of coming out. Now, today's guest uh, we have here is um, a very dear friend of mine, um, one named Mr. Abram. Now, Abram is uh, goofy as hell. Um, he's uh, uh, he's a quirky character, this one. He's also a very, very sweet boy, and I think y'all are going to enjoy his story. So here it is. This is nerve-wracking. Hello. <laughs> All right. Hello. My name is Abram Sanchez, and my pronouns are he and him. I grew up in a small town called Amarillo, Texas. I was I lived there until I believe six years old, and then my family decided to move us from Amarillo down to Fort Worth, Texas, which I love and adore pretty much. So I can kind of consider myself a Fort Worth native. Um, we moved here in two thousand three, and. Now it's 2021, holy shit. <laughs> My first queer crush as a little boy happened to be that vampire kid uh, from The Little Vampire with Jonathan Lipnitsky. Not Jonathan Lipnitsky, I'm probably saying his name wrong. It'll be fine. But the other dude, I can't think of his name now. That was kind of my awakening in a sense. <laughs> and then if it wasn't him, oh God, who was it? Who could it have been? Oh, Tarzan. Um... The actor who played the live-action Tarzan, dude, that was what I was like. Damn. Okay, cool. Growing up, I really didn't see um, myself portrayed in media. I would say I didn't really see any, like, um, any representation of, like, gay men until I would say, like, my high school year. It was uh, a book I read. It was called Will Grayson, Will Grayson, uh, made by John Green and David Levithan. It was an amazing book, and I just was happy about it. And um, the book was very inspirational, and it made me kind of help me, you know, realize who I was. Because, you know, growing up, I mean, I knew I was gay at a very young age. I mean, I remember the first day in pre-K, I was like, "Mm, girls are gross. And I still, I mean, they're not gross, but I was like, uh, they're not for me. But once I was reading this book by Will Grayson and Will Grayson, the book Will Grayson, Will Grayson, it put into my mind, like, you know what? Because one, Will Grayson's gay. Another one is straight. They live in completely different separate towns, but their paths somehow end up crossing. I do recommend reading the book uh, if anybody does have, get a chance. But in the one who's gay, I mean, he goes into detail about dark thoughts that I had or like the like you question yourself and you think why am I like this God why did you make me like this why am I gay and it's really hard growing up because you know me growing up in a very Christian household it's very it's kind of frowned upon I mean not kind of it, it was so thinking that you're something's wrong with you is kind of what really got to me but like I said, it, a reason why I was afraid of coming out was because of my parents, really. I mean, nothing against them. It was just I scared myself because I wasn't sure how they would react. And um, kind of growing up around the church, I mean, they tell you being gay is wrong. Don't do this. Being homosexual is terrible. And I'm like, 
now I look back and I'm like, being gay is amazing. I mean, I love it. I mean, it has its challenges, I'm not going to lie, but I like it. When I was in middle school, I was able to meet another person of the LGBT community, and I still adore her and thank her to this day. Her name was Carla Thompson. Even though she was also gay, but she was, even though she was gay, me and her had a very instant connection. I mean, granted, our backgrounds are a little bit different. I still have my parents. She lived with her aunt and doesn't, uh, had no relationship with her mother or father. And then she's in a different state. But because of her, she helped me realize who I am and make me feel like I didn't have to hate myself as much because we both knew like we're different and ooh. and um, being gay wasn't a, such a bad thing at all. I was 13 years old when I came out to my friend Carla, but I was 19, 20 years old when I came out to my parents. So knowing that I was different and gay at 13, to me, it was easier to come out to my friends or people who were I went to school with around me than it was to come out to my family because I knew I really didn't care what people thought about me at school, even though there were some challenges, but there wasn't a whole lot that I went through. The reason why was because I was friends with all like kind of the popular girls and they all liked me. I was nice to them. They were nice to me. And, um, they kind of had my back, but when it came to my family, I was very scared on telling them, Hey, guess what? Your boy's gay. It was hard. I do remember one time I tried telling my parents I was gay around the age of 13 when I just came out to my friends, but it was like on a Halloween night. We were driving in South Lake going trick or treating with my little brother. And I just remember mouthing the words. I'm gay, but nothing coming out, no sounds coming out. And I felt like my mom saw me in the rearview mirror say that, but she didn't really look at it and just kept driving And we're, while we're going to South Lake to go trick-or-treating for like those king-sized candy bars. When I came out to my friend Carla, she was like, Abram, honey, sweetie, we know. <laughs> and I thought that's funny because, you know, looking back at photos of me at a very young age, I'm like, yeah, you, you can, you, you can tell. You can obviously tell me with a little grandma's bucket cap and her sandals on smiling boy. If mm. <laughs> when I came out to my mother, I came out to my mother first. It was harder. The reason why it was harder to come out to her because it wasn't the way I plan on intending on coming out to my family. The reason why was because I had my heart broken. A 19-year-old Abram was head over heels for a boy at work. Mind you, this is his first job, and he's working in a bar, and he falls for somebody else, like, in a different department. Thinking that, oh, my God, this dude gives me butterflies. He makes me fall head over heels for him. And you have great com uh, you have great conversations, and, you know, you think things are going well. And, you know, he flirts with you. I flirt back. And you're like, man, like life can be so good. But turns out that person I was falling head over heels for was engaged and talking to somebody else at our job. I had no idea. Your boy didn't know. <laughs> I was 19. I was very naive. 
and very sheltered as a child. So like I had no idea. So when, what ends up happening is that I, um, and I'm talking to the other guy he was talking to at work, just being like, oh, I was like, I, mind you, I didn't know better, but I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, you're talking to him? He's like, yeah, I was like, oh, well, I was texting him, just being all this other stuff, because I'm like, hey, look, I ain't trying to step on no boundaries, I ain't trying to do nothing, I was just texting, being friendly, and thinking something was going to happen, but clearly nothing will happen, so I'm, I'm stepping back, the other dude's like, what? He's like, I knew it, like... It was just the whole thing because the guy that we talked to, he had a reputation already at our job being known as the hoe. But grant, granted, those are not my words. Those are just words that I heard. Allegedly, allegedly a hoe. Anyway, I get off from work early instead of having to work the like until like 3 a.m. I get off around like five, six. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go have fun. I decided to go see a movie. So I get to the movie theater, I got my tickets, I got my popcorn, I sit down, and next thing you know, I get a text message from the guy I was talking to, or I thought I was talking to, and I refused to look at it because I knew the moment if I look at that text message that my entire world was going to change. And not really for the better, maybe for the better, but I knew at that moment it wasn't going to, it was my world was gonna change no matter what. So after my movie had changed, um, I go to my car and I read this message and it's just him going off on me saying how it's my fault and all this other stuff, just blaming me left and right, saying I should have known better, that I was stupid, young and naive and I should have known to do this or it's been years, I can't really remember what the message said, but I just remember bawling and crying and crying and just being so upset because I was like, Oh my God, like I ruined something. I don't, I don't know what happened. I was just, I took the blame and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean to ruin your life or do whatever. Like I didn't know I was 19. So after I get done, I message him after getting done reading this and just message him be like, I'm sorry. Like I didn't mean to do anything. Like, it was never my intention to ruin your life or blah, 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 blah. And I just keep consistently crying and crying and crying. So then I gather myself up a little bit and I go to my friend's house, my two good Judy's houses, and they're not home. Luckily, I have a key, so I get in. I head over to the kitchen, make myself a small drink, drink it, go to the bathroom, wash my face, and I just... And I'm trying to console myself, trying to, trying to make myself not cry because I know I have to go home soon. So I was like, fuck. So next thing you know, I'm, I'm just crying and crying for like the hard, oh, I'm crying for like the next 15, 20 minutes. But then I took another drink of my drink, wiped my face, concealed myself and I got back in my car and I drove home so when I got home my mom instantly you know a mother knows so I walk in the door and I turn around immediately to clock to lock the door and then I'm like my mom's like hi how are you I'm like I'm fine 
I'm fine. What's wrong? Nothing. I'm just tired. It's just been a long day. Instantly, my mom's like, I'm not fucking stupid. What's going on? So then I go to my room and I'm just, and I'm just holding back tears. I'm just holding them back and just trying to stay as strong as I can because I don't want to show my family or my mother that I was hurt by some stupid boy. And next thing you know, my mom walks in and I'm just in my room facing my, like facing the headboard and I'm just holding myself, holding a pillow and trying to keep calm. She's like, what's wrong? I know my children. What the hell's wrong with you? And I was like, and the moment I was like, having to battle myself because I knew at that moment me having to balance the life of being quote unquote straight and my true self was going to come to an end because you know I was just tired I was tired of having to balance putting on a facade of being possibly marrying a girl or possibly being another image in my parents eyes and trying to be myself it was just I knew in the moment she walked into the room I just I had to come clean because I got tired of lying saying oh I'm with my friends or I'm with this person when I'm actually hanging out around my gay friends or going to a gay bar oh I'm doing this or I'm doing that it gets exhausting so I knew at that moment I had to let my mom know what's happening so I didn't say anything, but I was like, but she's like, what's wrong? I showed her my phone and I showed her the text messages between me and the boy I was talking to that hurt my feelings. And she reads it. And she says, so is this hard coming out to me? And you know, it's hard. And what I said and what I told her, I was like, Do you want me to start packing? The moment I told my mother that if she wanted me to start packing was the moment she's just cried herself. And she was like, no. And and then she told me, no, no, no. I don't want you to pack. Like, I can't let my son leave or do anything or it's hard. It was. It was a very hard moment. I can say that. But after coming out, I have found some people to have a chosen family. But with me, you know, still being 25, I haven't been very lucky or very blessed to have a chosen family quite just yet. I've had had friends, part of the LGBTQ LGBTQ plus community but on a lighter note I can tell you this my very first um, gay bar or LGBTQ plus bar for all everyone out there was the Rainbow Lounge (laughs) it is one of my best memories I've ever had The reason why was because I went to the Rainbow Lounge with my friend's mother and her boyfriend, but not my friend. (laughs) I had just turned 18 and my friend's mom comes, picks me up. She's like, are you ready for the gay bar? And I'm like, fuck yeah. But I'm just like, 
I'm going to a gay bar with my friend's mother and my friend's boyfriend, but not my friend. Girl, it's a whole situation up in there, but that's another time. That's another uh, story for another time. <laughs> the reason why I liked that night was because I actually went home with 20 bucks that night. I remember, if anybody remembers the Rainbow Lounge, it has that little stripper pole or that pole in the back on the quote-unquote VIP area. VIP my ass. But <laughs> um, I got up there uh, just out of straight, out of out of whatever confidence that I had and I got up on that pole and some girls were like, oh my god, get it! And I was like, I got it. I got it. Give me that money. And I got 20 bucks that night. So that was a really fun, fun first time for me. Reflecting back on when I came out, if I would do anything different, I would most certainly try to do something different. I would say I really wish I didn't come out the way I did to my family, to my mother. Or to my family. Because it was a very hard, hard way to come out. Because, you know, I was in... Essentially, like, I knew I was gay, but I was in denial of telling my family. What I wish I would have had back then was more confidence, more me believing in myself. And, you know, a better fashion taste, I guess. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would say if I was going to do it, I I wanted to come out being 100% sure and 100% confident in myself and being like, hey, I'm here, I'm queer, let's get some margaritas. We good? See, easy. But I think what people, especially in the community, have to fight is not, is dealing with the internal homophobia or the realization of accepting themselves because once you accept yourself and you love yourself, it just becomes easier from there. Now, if I knew everything that I know now that I would tell my younger self, honey, you, ooh, I, oh, what would I tell my young gay little self? Well, I'll have to tell it in three different times. One, when I'm 13, 12 or 13, I would tell him, don't be scared. Be brave. And (laughs) what else would I tell him? Oh, do not, do not wear that damn brown corduroy short pants with that brown jacket and that fucking brown shirt looking like a giant honey. No, don't 13 year old self. What the hell were you thinking? Guys, if y'all would have saw me, I looked like a giant turd. It was disgusting, and I thought I was the shit. But the thing is, I look like shit. (laughs) Oh, fuck. What the hell? Anyway, but going down to 16-year-old self, I would be like, don't be afraid to talk to the other gays or to the other people in the community in high school. I was very fortunate and happy enough to see a gay couple. The very first gay couple I saw in high school, they would hold hands and they would, they were such role models and I admired them. I don't remember what their names were, but I remember seeing them in high school and was like, y'all are awesome. Or I really wish my younger self, 16 year old self would have the courage to be like, Hey, my name's Abram. I'm gay. Let's be friends or let's do something. 
because I felt like if I would have done that when I was younger, I would have became, I don't know what I would have became, but I know if I had that confidence, I would have a better, there we go. I would have a better support system. So that's what I'll tell my younger self. Oh, but 16 year old self, you better throw this goddamn lime green shoes away. The hell are you thinking with those, with those fucking suede lime green moccasins? The fuck? <laughs> throw those bitches away. They were, mm, anyway. I would say my favorite part of being part of the LGBTQ community is, mm, oh, I got it. I would say my favorite part of being uh, being a part of the community is, you know, having better parties. <laughs> no, not that, but knowing that you're different and that you're not like everyone else. I'm very glad and happy that I'm, I was born at the time that I was, and I'm very glad I went through what I had to go through in order to become who I am, because you know what? Ever since I came out, I met so many fabulous people from uh, non-binary to pansexuals to gays to lesbians to the queens to everyone that I have came across in my life are the most fabulous fucking beautiful bitches some are different but <laughs> everyone I've met and came across are just so sweet and I like it. I really, now at the age of 25, I can say I'm very happy that I am gay. I'm very happy of who I am. And you know, it feels good. I don't know, There's. it's just something you really can't put into words. It's just knowing that, it's just knowing that accepting yourself and loving yourself really goes a long way. Now, Final thoughts about my coming out experience are, here's what I can say. Ever since I came out, I didn't have to worry about the lies I was telling. I didn't have to worry about what I said to my family then compared to what I told my friends and having to be like, hey mom, hey dad, I'm going over to this so-and-so's house, but then I'll be actually hanging out with another with a boy. But then my parents would be like, so how are you going with this place? And I had to keep up with lying and lying. It was exhausting for real. It was really exhausting, but knowing that I can be my true self and I don't have to worry about lying and I don't have to worry about putting on a facade and dealing with this other life that I was supposed to have or be living is no longer a part of my life. And I can just be myself. And you know, with that, I would tell all the little young gays, boys and girls, it's hard. It's hard, but the moment you get past that rough patch, you're gonna see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know what? Yesterday is history, and tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. And with that, I say, thank you so much. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Oh, Abram. Sweet love, baby angel music child. Um, yeah. 
Um, that was Abram. Um, goofy as hell. Really heartfelt. Really sweet. Um, I think for me, I kind of resonated with um, just like his his kind of heartbreak story. Um, I think we've all been there. We've all uh, had that gut wrenching, um, just kind of heartbreak that we've all went through. And, um, yeah, so I felt for him and that's a hell of a way to, to kind of come out also. Um, but Hey, Abram, I'm, I can be your chosen family. Okay. Um, Whenever you want to go grab a drink, let me know when we're not in, you know, a pandemic and all and all that good stuff. Um, but he's a good kid. He's a good guy. And um, I'm glad he came on and shared his story because um, I think a lot of people are going to uh, be able to get something out of it and uh, relate to it also. Um, so, yeah. But until next time, guys, uh, this was Voices from the Closet. Again, every podcast, we will delve into a different individual's closet from the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and we'll just kind of dive a little bit deeper into what that entails. So until next time, guys, um, take those mothballs in your mouth. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.